Well, hello everyone, and welcome to Atoile Micro, mic'd up for uh, another edition uh, with a very special guest today that uh, many of our listeners probably know, and maybe we'll find out uh, a little bit more about her today. Uh, so today, today uh, we sit down with uh, someone passionate about sport, life, and education, and we're going to talk uh, in depth about that today. So Nicole Smith, uh, who is uh, now principal at École Les Éclaireurs uh, in Burton, uh, could possibly have an emoji or even a hashtag someday with her passion for physical literacy, sport, and active for life-driven uh, uh, um, uh, sports uh, approach. Um, prior to her career as a physical uh, education teacher in 2011, uh, Nicole was actively involved in sports administration and has maintained her involvement as a volunteer over the years. Uh, she was chef de mission for Team MB uh, starting in 2017, and then uh, furthermore for 2019 games, 2022, and recently the 2023 games in Prince Edward Island, uh, which we will dive into a little bit more today. Uh, Nicole was also director of the community nonprofit organization Secretaria for two years, and previous to this position was executive director of Sports in Brunswick, a position she held for six years. She's also been executive director for two New Brunswick sports organizations, including Ski NB and Velo New Brunswick. She has extensive experience uh, serving as a volunteer on boards, uh, such as l'Association des Professionnels de l'Education Physique, le APEP, uh, Coach NB, and Canadian Sports, uh, sorry, Canadian uh, Women in Sport. Uh, Nicole has also embarked on a new career path uh, since 2010 and completed a bachelor's degree in education at St. Thomas University in June 2011. Additionally, she uh, majored in recreation administration at the University of New Brunswick, graduating with a bachelor in physical education and recreation in 1992. Nicole also holds a master's degree in leisure studies from Pennsylvania State University, which she earned in uh, 1994. And uh, sans plus tarder, je vous souhaite la bienvenue à notre invité Nicole Smith. Bienvenue, welcome to our podcast, Mic'd Up. Nicole, à toi le micro. Merci, Bruce. Thanks, Bruce. Glad to be here. Yes, awesome to have you here, Nicole. Um, we wanted to let the dust settle a bit from the games uh, before we uh, had a little sit-down coffee chat with you. Um, and my first question to a lot of guests is, what would a younger Nicole say about all of that? <laughs> Uh, she'd say, I, I would hope she'd say she's come a long way from, you know, growing up in Camelton and, uh, seeing, uh, a lot of Canada and some of the world and, uh, being exposed, um, to so many great and interesting people and opportunities and, uh, proud that I walked through some of those doors. Right. So I could have, you know, we don't always walk through the doors, but I'm glad I have. Right. And, and like, you know, when we go back to our younger years, um, not saying that you're older, I'm just saying you know, you're still a young okay. girl. <laughs> but um, do you think you were thinking about that then? Like, is there something in those years that said, this is where I might be? I don't think so. I always liked being involved. If I look back and, you know, being in school, I was always on committees and, and, uh, student council and that kind of thing. So always had that interest. Um, but uh, no, I didn't really know. I mean, I, I even remember, uh, you know, applying to university and not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, 
yeah. I was lucky. I had the grades. I guess I could have gone one way or the other. Um, my dad's an engineer and I was like, you know, I could do engineering was in, of interest at the time was heavily involved in skiing and coaching. Um, right. And my thought process, quite honestly, and as a principal, maybe I shouldn't share this, but my thought process was, hmm, I think if I go into engineering, I might have to quit coaching. And so I chose phys ed and recreation, oddly enough, um, it, because of that sport and that outdoor uh, piece that attracted me. So no regret, regrets at all. And I have no regrets spending all that time in sport admin and now into education. I think it just helps me have a different outlook and a different um, background. So yeah, I think it took the right course. <laughs> it took the right course, right. So the path kind of was already there. And now you're living yeah. it. Yeah, right. In different different stages of life, obviously. Um, I think most of you know our guests on on a sports podcast will will tell you their tale. You know, a similar way. You know, I was an athlete, became a volunteer, became a coach, became a spectator, uh, got into the admin. I mean, you know, all of us that really enjoy uh, sport. That's that's usually what happens. Eh? We, as much as we slowly get away, we we kind of get back in because it's like, oh well, I've never tasted that position and and what that's like. So. So, you know, I, I mean, at some point in the journey, were, were there, uh, besides the engineering, was there any deviations? Like, was there any time where you kind of got off that sports road and went to the cultural world or something else that kind of piqued your interest? And then you boomerang back into, you know, let's say Canada Games, right? Uh, well, certainly when I was with Sport New Brunswick, um, the last year, I guess, that I was there, there was a big... Uh, consultation that Claudette Bradshaw was undertaken around nonprofit organizations and what could the government do to improve that relationship and, and create these, these links. Um, we were very, very active as Sport New Brunswick. I had an amazing board of directors I worked with at the time and, and lots of experience on, on getting our members involved and, and active in those consultations. And so from that, um, you know, they came knocking on my door to see if I would then look at uh, leading the secretariat that would put in place those recommendations. So I guess in that point, I left sport, um, but with the desire to try and make things better, certainly in sport, but within all of nonprofit, because I think whether you're sport or um, health or housing, we have a, you know, our heart is is there for people and, and wanting to do something. And so I, I left those two years. Um, and then when I was there, uh, it was a whole process of making it uh, like full-time positions. And that's where I got kind of going, hmm, what do I want to do with my life? I was uh, 40 years old and um, was kind of like, well, I always said in the back, in the, you know, jokingly, um, that if I wasn't in sport admin, maybe I'd be a, a teacher. My mom was a teacher, um, but never really thought of it more than that because I loved working in sport admin. It was a passion. I loved getting up every morning and going to work and uh, never thought I'd leave it. And so when that opportunity came up is when I applied to uh, do my education degree and then just went that way but still with that sport with the phys as a phys ed teacher and I was lucky that I got a job as a phys ed teacher when I first started um and was able to kind of you know work with kids and and that physical literacy piece and all of that so 
So I did deviate a little bit, but not too much. Stayed involved. I, I coached I, for 30 years alpine, as an alpine ski coach. Um, just in the last four or five years have stepped away. But um, it, it always has been part of uh, who I am, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It kind of, yeah, it remains part of who we are. Like, you know, the best version of ourselves continues to develop as the years go by with those connections that remain. As much as we, we cut the umbilical cord, it seems to always have a little attachment somehow because we, we just can't. I mean, I guess, you know, I can even say right now in this week, I'm keeping an eye on the genetic idea a little bit. <laughs> but but yeah, I I've watched as well. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like I mean, I stepped away. Uh, it's almost uh, it's almost three years ago now. But uh, now that my kids are getting older, I can see that there's still that hidden cord that's kind of still attached. What's the movement like? Where's the games at now? Uh, seeing some kids that are, you know, uh, that are no longer kids, and they're now like, you know, uh, I guess they just graduated from university. I would have coached them. They're now a coach, mm -hmm. and uh, it's mm -hmm. fun to it's fun to be connected that way just kind of sitting on the sidelines right um like so you talked about mom um because you're, you're in the education world now um running a school basically right which is which is probably a lot of a lot of fun uh to, to, to have that challenge i'm sure sports has helped you with that challenge absolutely yeah. so let's 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 go into the influence world so you know are, are you are you okay to say that mom was an influence at a later point in life to get into the education uh, role that you're now? Uh, probably. I, and maybe I should say yes, cause she's my mom, but I don't know that, um, <laughs> you know, she, there was never, I never had any pressure from my parents. I think I was lucky in that sense of you need to do this or that. Um, uh, I once had somebody tell me, you know, that, I forget the exact wording, but just how impressed they were um, that I was always able to do the job I loved. And it struck, it yeah. stuck with me. And I thought, I never thought of it, but ever since he said that to me, I think, you know, I have, and I've been very lucky because I know not, a lot, not, not everybody gets to always do what they love. And so when I look back, people will ask, oh, do you wish you would have gotten into education earlier? No. Uh, you know, or stayed with sport? No, <laughs> um, because I've loved, you know, I loved my sport in Min World. I love the education world I'm in. And I think they've contributed to both, right? They've made me the administrator I am, hopefully the, the collaborator that I think I bring to the table at the school and the admin side. Um, and so I, it's it's kind of made made it happen. I, for me, that probably the big piece is just is being able to work with with kids and people. Like I think that's the the thread throughout um, is is that connection, being able to to try and make things a little bit better. Yeah, and I mean I think that's our that's our main goal, right? As we get involved, is to to improve a system, um, to learn, to to continually continuously dive into education. I mean, sports offers a lot of education opportunities. We meet a lot of people that educate us and we offer education mm -hmm. returns. So it's a, you know, it's like that continuous circle of life kind of thing. Um, so we're going to stay on the influence road because um, obviously you're, you're in a role to be a role model, you know, uh, in so many ways at so many levels, you know, whether it's sports or just education or, or whatever it might be, whether it's your education, um, a job that you have right now or, or Canada games or, or your past coaching. 
but who uh, who's been your role model? Like in 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 sport, is there that one person you always go back to? Like, so happy I met that person. Uh, and uh, tell us about that. I don't really have that one person, and I hear people talk about their role models, and sometimes I think oh, I missed the boat somewhere. Um, uh, but I've had lots of people when I look at it when I talked about you know that that. Uh, the board members around the table those last couple of years when I was at Sport New Brunswick, there were several people around that table that played such a role in just influencing, um, you know, ways of doing things, ways of thinking, um, and even in, in education as well. So, um, yeah, it, that's a tough one for me. I, I can't really, you know, I love it when people can say, oh, that's my one role model. But I, I think I've had several influences and um, I think they've all contributed in my thought process and way of doing things. Okay. And, and I mean, with that being said, uh, you know, I mean, you've crossed the path of a lot of athletes. I mean, if we even look at your, you know, we'll get into Canada Games a bit more later, but if we look from 2017 to 2023, that's quite a few years mm -hmm. of crossing paths of other mission staff, athletes, coaches, and men. Um. And it's always difficult for us to say because we remain humble. Do you think there's some pertinent people that you could be a role model of or that you had an impact on? And, and you kind of, you know, you're okay to tap your own back and say, wow, I'm glad I could have, you know, helped that person get where they are today. <laughs> yeah, that, it is It is hard to, to talk about it that way. I don't know uh, if I could think of one person uh, in particular, but I, I, you know, I've been lucky. I think that some people have expressed the, the impact I've had and it's, you know, you don't, I don't do it for that reason, but it's certainly nice to hear that, okay, well, you know, the way I've dealt with things or interacted with people have, has had a positive impact. Um, and so I, you know, I'd like to think I'd, I've had a, a positive impact and I, I think I have in, in certain instances, I'm sure not everybody agrees and that's okay. We're, we're all human beings and we have different likes and beliefs and all of that stuff. Um, but, um, but yeah, hopefully I've, hopefully I've played a role, um, in, in moving forward with, you know, whether it's sport or even now in, in education. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, whether whether we do it by choice or not, I mean, we're in those roles, right? We're we're mentors. We have people sitting mm -hmm. in our classrooms. We have people on our ski team. You know, whether it's individual sport or team sport, we're impacting people every day, um, yeah. and they're impacting us sometimes. Without even realizing it later on, you know, as a parent, the things that go through now, like the light bulb goes off so many times. Like oh, I remember being on the <laughs> sidelines and having that situation. How would I deal with it, right? Uh, I think we continue to be coaches and mentors and uh, and leaders, right? Um, so you got a huge list of achievements, uh, Nicole, and, and that's going to continue. I have no doubt. Um, you know, is is there is there uh, is there a way? Like, okay, so it's interesting because I, I have my own subjective opinion on goals, achievement, and success now, and and I find they're just big words that you know we put in front of us because uh, we're competitive, uh, we want to achieve stuff, but how do you look at it now compared to before? Like, you know, I'm sure that at one time you said, I want to be Chef Demisio. I mean, it just is, it didn't come out of the blue, right? Um, yeah. I want to be uh, director of, uh, you know, and other things that you've achieved. 
what is success to you? What is what is achievement to Nicole now? <laughs> These are big questions, Bruce. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think for me, um, I'd like to think it's it's that team approach, and I think maybe that's the ski that not necessarily ski, but the sport world that always played you know in my mind and maybe it comes from that um and I wasn't an athlete very long I mean I you know I skied competitively for two years and then I started coaching at 15 and so it's not like I was this long-term athlete and and had great success as an athlete um but that team approach and even the sport I'm from is individual although we're a club and we work together Mm -hmm. um but that I think so that goal to me is, is, you know, when I think of success is when I see a well-oiled machine, right? When we're working well together, we're, we're helping each other. Um, you don't have to be the expert in everything. You just, you need to know who to tap on, right? And, and to work together. Um, and so I, I think when I think of goals and, and so on, um, I, you know, ideally I want to leave the place better than when I first started, you know, and, and it's, I don't have, I'm not a very philosophical person that, that will get into these deep thoughts about what do I want my legacy or that kind of thing, but it's more, what kind of action can I do? Right. And how can I be kind to people and understanding and, and listen to people and involve people? Um, I think that's, that's been my approach over the years and, and, um, uh, hopefully that will continue. I think it's served me well and it, it's just it's who I am, I guess. And um, uh, I'm okay with that so far anyway. So um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but that's kind of what, what I think about. Yeah, it's just like some people, I think, you know, they're they're driven by goals, like just like mm. in general, right? And it's like, as soon as they got that box, well, they need another one, they need another one, need another one kind of thing, you know? Yeah, and I don't think I, I don't think of myself that way. Um, yeah, I wouldn't think like you know I don't have this goal of oh I'm gonna do this in two years or you know I, you do in a sense. I mean you know if I think of school wise, you know I want to bring uh, you know the school to a certain level or you want yeah I want to see people achieve. But um, yeah, to have a specific like you know certainly in sport oh we want to win this medal or this championship or etc. Yeah, that's, and maybe that's the sport I'm from, that we don't really, you know, there is no, it's very individual, so maybe I don't have that mindset because of that, I don't know. <laughs> no, it makes sense, and we'll get in that, in that after, we'll get into, like, you know, the differences between, you know, individual sport and, and team sport, I mean, it's a whole mm-hmm. different platform, like you say, like, you know, a personal best in skiing yeah, as good as a medal sometimes. It's like wow, you know, on the on the national stage, I finished top ten at that race, and the year before, I was twentieth on the same course, same condition. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I can speak of that as well because I do a lot of individual sport, and you know, that's what we're always striving for is to just to do better personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we if we marry the the two together, you know, your your sports and men, um, use an athlete, use a coach, and we bring it into the school system, um. Obviously, you want the school to continue to to grow in a certain way. Um, what has Nicole done uh, since, uh, I guess, being in a you know higher position at school uh, to make some mm-hmm. good changes? Like, is there some programs you might have added that you feel like are you're seeing the impact now? 
is is there some vision that you had for like active for life stuff that you're 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 seeing you know les graines que tu aurais semé commencent mm -hmm. à fleurir dans les dernières années yeah euh, ben à, à l'école quand j'ai commencé j'étais en, enseignante d'éducation physique euh, ça fait que je pense l'amour puis la passion de, de bouger puis de donner accès au sport pour les jeunes euh, je pense que ça, ça continue puis après quelques années j'ai changé d'école l'école des éclaireurs est ouverte puis j'ai fait la transition là euh, puis quand on a commencé était, on était plus petit on, on était maternelle à 6 ça fait qu'on n'avait pas beaucoup de jeunes qui pouvaient jouer à des sports compétitif, on va dire, euh, intro. Donc, euh, mais ça, ça, ça a développé. Puis là, et moi, j'ai commencé à être plus en, en administration. Puis un autre enseignant d'éducation et physique est venu. Mais c'est créer cet environnement puis s'assurer qu'on euh, qu continue d'offrir ces, ces choix-là puis ces opportunités aux, aux, à nos jeunes de, de, de se développer. Euh, puis c'est c'est souvent que les jeunes, des fois, à comportement ou ces choses-là, veux, veux pas, on, les, on, on a dans nos écoles. Euh, ça marche pas pour tout le monde, mais souvent, moi, je vais essayer d'aller les chercher à travers le sport. C'est mon, mon go-to. Euh, je vais leur parler du sport, on va jaser de ça, on va utiliser ça comme la carotte pour, pour que les choses aillent bien à l'école. Euh, ça fait que je pense ça, ça a un impact certainement sur ma façon de penser. Comme je dis, ça ne marche pas pour tout le monde. Ce n'est pas, pas tout le monde qui est, qui est compétitif ou athlète, puis c'est correct. Euh, mais c'est cette pensée-là de, de faire quelque chose pour, pour d'autres personnes aussi, comme pour ton équipe, oui. euh, que je pense que j'ai tendance à me, me fier dessus. Là. Puis comme directrice de l'école, je commence juste dans ce rôle-là. Euh, donc, euh, peut-être une couple d'années, on pourra jaser pour voir quelle sorte d'impact. Euh, mais présentement, je pense, pour moi, c'est vraiment... Il y a beaucoup de choses qu'on va continuer. Euh, je pense qu'on était bien enlignés, mais de continuer à, à développer le côté collaboration, puis travailler ensemble, puis se soutenir un, un à l'autre, parce que le monde d'éducation n'est pas toujours facile. Puis, euh, je pense qu'on a besoin de s'entraider se, de comme ça. Oui, absolument d'accord. Puis euh, ça m'amène à une discussion. Comme on a fait des présentations il y a là, euh, je veux dire, 6-7 ans passés euh, avec euh, entraîneurs du Nouveau-Brunswick à des éducateurs de tous niveaux. Puis on a parlé beaucoup de sport. Puis comment est-ce qu'on peut mettre le sport dans la classe de maths? Alors, un gymnase de 2005, on va dire, ou on va nommer l'année de même, puis un gymnase de 2023. C'est quoi la différence? Ça sent-tu? Ça a changé un peu, j'imagine. J'espère que l'éducation physique est, est différente. Euh, je pense... Puis moi, j'ai surtout enseigné au bas âge, comme maternelle 6. Euh, puis je dirais, quand je pense à quand moi j'ai été à l'école, puis oui, je suis plus vieille, ça fait que... Euh, oui. On était plus concentré sur comme apprendre un sport ou une activité. Ou ouais, est-ce euh, est que maintenant, c'est vraiment la littératie physique? On veut, on veut développer cette passion que les jeunes veulent apprendre à bouger et qu'on leur montre comment bien bouger. Pour que plus tard dans la vie, puis même quand ils sont même au, au, au secondaire, 
qui n'ont qui pas peur d'essayer quelque chose, euh, c'est développer cette confiance-là en eux pour, pour juste essayer. Parce que, je veux dire, il y a peut-être des activités ou des sports qu'on qu n'a pas été exposés quand on est jeune. Mais là, au fur et à mesure qu'on avance, des fois, quand on déménage, on a accès à d'autres sports, des choses comme ça. Euh, mais si on cette base de littératie physique-là, ben, on va espérer qu'ils n'auront pas peur de l'essayer. Donc, avec ça étant dit, tu trouves-tu qu'il y a plus d'inclusivité dans le gymnase maintenant qu'on peut avoir? Je, je dirais que oui, j'espère, hein, du moins. Euh, puis c'est aussi... Euh, c'est ça, c'est vraiment développer la confiance dans le jeune aussi de, que je suis capable de bouger puis comment faire, puis des fois il faut faire autrement, puis c'est correct puis euh, on, ils travaillent aussi beaucoup même juste à apprendre comment travailler ensemble il y, y a beaucoup de ces, ces côtés-là qu'on qu essaye de, de travailler ouais, c'est sûr comme avec mes deux gars, je le vois là, le, le gymnase d'aujourd'hui euh, et le gymnase que moi j'ai été, comme ils viennent à la maison puis ils me parlent de toutes sortes de jeux qui sont, encore une fois, qui sont à l'habilité de tout le monde. Mm -hmm. uh, there's not a lot of singling out anymore. Um, mm -hmm. It's a whole other format and, and I love to see it yeah. because I, mean, I had a little bit of taste of physical literacy a few years back going to Canadian Sports of Life and all that stuff and we're, we're finally seeing those flowers kind of look better now but It's, Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's a hard road, right? I mean, it's it's to sell that Kool-Aid to everybody, right? Yeah. But there's a little bit less bullying, you know, that happens with that, right? You know, the, the, the financial side is put aside as well, you know, that it's only people that have the finances that can afford sport. And what is the meaning of sport? Is it being on a team, wearing a jersey? Um, you know, I look at, uh, obviously, you've heard of Gagaball. Yep, we have two. Uh, we have two outdoor gagaball systems yeah. at school. So yeah, yeah. And when I first heard of it. I said, okay, what's this? You know, like it's about <laughs> in a whole different way. And and I look at some of the kids that play gagaball. It's kids that won't try out for the high school team, yeah. and they just yeah. want to play. And that's yeah. what I think is something we really need to keep hitting home runs with. Because again, it the confidence that you keep fueling that the kid already has and you're not taking it away and you're not like sabotaging mm -hmm. what is their dream you know um yeah, yeah. And, and team sports and school you know because school sports are very team-based so if you're an individual sport person it may not stick to you um and i mean i think it's a little more competitive certainly at, i think at the high school i can't really speak to it because i've i've not taught there Uh, but, you know, for our middle school students, uh, we definitely try and have that more inclusive. Some kids may play, participate at sport on a team sport just at school and not outside, right? Because we don't have that, we don't have to have that, we don't, our, our objective is not to win, win, win. Um, of course, the kids love to win and we, you know, we love to see them succeed as well. Um, but it's, you know, giving them that exposure to a sport, to being able to play on a team. It's that, um, la appartenance, you know, being able to represent their school and that school spirit and all of that piece. Um, that's the important part. And I think for, for us, especially in Fredericton, being in a, you know, uh, a minority in, as a Francophone school, you spoke about Jeu de l'Acadie is being able to represent their school and participate in sport in, in French. And that's, you know, that's a whole other 
great opportunity that we can give our, our students and, and, um, you know, celebrate our culture and our language and all that. Yeah. And I guess, you know, in, in, in comparison to other provinces, right. There's, like you said, a while ago, if we roll back, you know, you talked about sports that are offered at the school, right? Like, you know, you look at mountain bike and how it's mm -hmm. grown so much, but you know, is there mountain biking in the MBIA system or even in a middle school system? No. BC? Yeah. yeah, it's full on. I mean, the uh, sports, or sorry, the Sprock Kids program was created by, you know, a guy at West that it's in the school system. And it'd be fun to see mm -hmm. because then there's those kids that don't want to be on the volleyball team. Well, they can have la pantanance and wear mm -hmm. the on their shirt or whatever it's going to be, right? Yeah. Um, which, which is interesting because when it comes to like the awards at the end of the year, the big celebration, you have tons of kids that have gone to Kenda Games even and they're not even recognized in their own school because, well, their sport is not a school sport. Mm -hmm. how do you feel mm -hmm. about that do you feel like i i was one of those athletes or coaches my alpine skiing is not a school sport right so it's just i i don't know i mean it is we can't do everything either as a in a school system we don't have the equipment or the coaching or the the facilities mm -hmm. so um, you know, hopefully sometimes we bring people in to expose them to different sports that we may not offer at school, but then at least they know it's, it's, out, it's available outside of school if it's something that speaks to them, you know, and I think of uh, fencing, rugby, um, you know, rugby is becoming more and more in our schools, certainly in the Francophone schools in Fredericton, but it's, you know, middle school um, and up. Um, but those are sports that we don't have at our school, as an example, but we try and bring people in to show them what it's about. Parasport was there just a week or two before school finished to show them what wheelchair.
we can even talk about some athletes that went to those games. I mean, I, I would have been there as a, my first experience, um, in media. Um, okay. luckily got sent from a radio station in Sussex. I said, Hey, can I get a media pass? Cause I want to gain some experience. I remember going there and, uh, you know, seeing athletes like Charles Samlin and Sidney Crosby and thinking mm-hmm. like, wow, you know, like, again, like you say, 20 years later, mm-hmm. these athletes have gone to the Olympics and some of them are done. Some, well, I mean, Sydney's still in the NHL, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's fun to look back at, uh, and, and being in, you know, your hometown, that's, that's, it's pretty cool as well. Like they're, they're, you know, I, I don't often talk about legacies, but we'll, we'll talk about that aspect after actually, cause I've got a good question on that, but like, when I go down La 2003, which has been named so many different names for that ski hill, because some people decide to call it La Mongol or La Mogul or La 2003, like I remember being there in that setting that they built those moguls right at, at Sugarloaf Mountain. And when I go uh, over across to L'Alberne, the hill that's not exist anymore, that's where, mm-hmm. that's where, so you're with the Alpine team? Yes. Yeah. So that's where we were in Restigouche. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And some people don't know that that aspect of games, like how it, it travels a bit, uh, you know, exterior to like the the village. So, so what kind yeah. of uh, what kind of setting was it in Hamilton? Like, uh, you know, compared to other places, like, does it did it change things a lot for you as far as like being like you know that hour difference and stuff like that for the team? Do you think or? No, I mean, I think they pretty well operated as in you know New Brunswick time zone. Uh, you know, we lived with at the athletes' village with everybody else which is not always the case for the ski team. And so when I look at it, I think we were very lucky um, in that we were able to really take in a lot of the games, village experience and so on. Um, And then, yeah, we'd hop on the bus and, you know, 30, 40 minutes, whatever it was, we'd we'd get there because we were living in in the mobile homes they had built at, I think it was Dalhousie, Uh, high school or middle school I'm not sure I forget now but we were housed out of there and they'd bus us to to there and spend the day and then at night we'd try and go watch some sports with with our team Uh, I know we did a lot we saw a lot of boxing because their hours just worked well with with hours because we were at the hill we'd usually you know 7 a.m to about 5 p.m so there were long days um, at the ski hill so but we tried to take that in but um, yeah so it's for skiing, it's certainly changed. Skiing is just happens to be a sport that, you know, they're often not with everybody. Um, and so just because of the venue, right. And so, um, that's changed, but that's, that's not the case for, you know, most sports they're lucky and they're able to be fully integrated at, at the games and so on. So, so games now compared Mm -hmm. to back then, like we're talking 20 years, I mean, What's some of the differences? What's, uh, you know, some of the things that you see that are different, positive or negative, whichever, it doesn't matter. I, I, well, I think positive, just when I, you know, the last couple of games being involved on mission staff, the whole admin technology side of things has just, you know, changed things so much. When I think of the first um, games that I went as mission staff and, you know, we were, uh, the the teams had their like little mailboxes and they would come get their mail in the morning and we did you know paper newsletters and parents were faxing in you know notes to their kids and all of that stuff and memos we used to produce 
none of that happens anymore, right? We still, we do newsletters, we send information, but it's all social media and, and electronic. Parents don't need to go through us anymore. They're just texting their kids, you know, directly. Um, so the communication flow um, is different. The It's faster, which is, you know, sometimes good, but sometimes not because it's just, there's this constant need for information right and we can talk about that it's it's all over um so that certainly changed and i you know i would think and hope you know for a lot of sports probably safety wise a lot of things have changed that way as well um think of concussions and and just equipment that some sports you know that's changed um and i think the inclusivity uh piece has changed around games too um, you know, being, being open and, uh, being welcoming to, to all with, through diversity, um, and then through the, you know, athletes with a physical or intellectual disability. So that's certainly come a long way as well, which is great to see. So, you know, those, the games have certainly changed in, in that aspect absolutely. in a positive way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. With, without losing the image of the games, like the goal of games, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, in sport and uh, inclusivity and all that stuff. Uh, because I mean, I look at games as not just an opportunity for athletes; it's an opportunity for communities. It's an opportunity for so much, right? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's uh, comme qui dit en français, c'est le sport, c'est tellement un rassembleur. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Every four years, I mean, even non-passionate sports people are plugged to the TV constantly. Yeah. yeah. And maybe something we see at a different level can the games now because of accessibility, right? I mean, we can watch the games live. I mean, even though I wasn't there this time, I mean, I was plugged in on a daily basis. And like you say, you yeah. get information so much quicker, you text and social media, and we get a score before it's even, you know, publicized on a news. Official, yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Like we won a medal before it's even finished. Yeah. yeah. Um, but evidently, uh, we kind of had to pump the brakes a bit, um, you know, at, at some point, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, COVID kind of came and hit us uh, by surprise and uh, really, well, you know, it rocked the world in general, but it, it definitely uh, had its say in sport. So yeah. how do you feel, uh, I guess, Niagara, Niagara Falls went in the first games back prior, like, or say, I guess during COVID or, or after COVID? Say that again, sorry. Niagara, so 2022 would have been your first games back after COVID Correct. Yeah. And, and I mean, Niagara was supposed to be 2021 and because of COVID was pushed back a year. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, there was that whole period from the fall of 2020 till I, I'm trying to think now, I think it was, geez, I don't know if it was winter of 2021 that they made the decision to put them off a year. Um, but lots of uncertainty around that time of if, are they going to happen? Are they not? Uh, that kind of thing. Most, if not all sports weren't doing much at that point. Um, you know, some athletes were obviously, you know, athletes could train on their own and that kind of thing uh, to a certain extent. Um, and depending on their sport, depending, you know, if they had access to facilities and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, it, it certainly had a big impact in, for the Niagara games. Um, and so they ended up being a year later. And even when we were in Niagara, lots of real rules, um, around COVID and masking. And although they were starting to, 
you know, relax a little bit. Um, you know, we were all kind of sitting on eggshells a little bit going, okay, what if we have an outbreak? I mean, there were all kinds of plans and, and, um, you know, the medical were just amazing in, in Niagara. Um, they were ready for it. And, and, you know, when, when we did have a few cases, it, you know, like Canada wide, I'm talking, you know, they reacted and readjusted because it was like, Oh, okay, well, yeah, that doesn't work so good. So let's go and, and, you know, have the conversation and see how we can fix it. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it, it was a little weird. Like I remember the first couple of days we were there just being around so many people, like we just, we weren't used to it. Right. And it took, it took a while to kind of go, okay, we're, there's a lot of people around us. And, uh, you know, we were, I think if I remember correctly, mostly masked all, I think inside buildings, you know, it's, it's funny as though it, although it didn't happen that long ago, it feels like a long time ago in certain ways. Right. So we kind of, we kind of forget a little bit about what we were exactly doing, but I know we were masking, I think indoors. And, and then as we got a few more cases that came out, then we masked a little bit more and readjusted, but, um, but overall, overall, it went, you know, really well and still had some things in place for PEI and, and contingency plans for if an athlete did develop COVID and isolating and all that stuff. Um, but the rules had, had changed a little bit, right, as to um, what we could do for, for PEI. So, so how, how do you feel, I guess, in comparison to, like, you know, I guess I talk about sports development. I mean, sports development's a continuous thing, but obviously, you know, Canada Game starts, you know, climbing up that ladder of Canadian sports development, provincial sports development. And then again, like, you know, we have something that, like you said, literally halts sports development for so many kids. I mean, there's windows that close for kids that only have one chance to go to games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Major loss of motivation for individuals, coaches, mm-hmm. uh, lots of money, you know, mm-hmm. that's absolutely, I mean, yeah. people are planning now whether we like it or not i mean people that are driven by sport that are passionate about sport i mean they're thinking about their kid being a kid in the games before they even have a kid i mean that is <laughs> a conversation in in some olympic uh villages obviously and uh you know it'd be interesting to talk to you know that that uh, that girl that was you know looking forward to it and yeah. 2021 hits and she's not going anymore yeah um did you have a conversation with any of those kids? Because you would have known some of them. I didn't. And as chef, I'm, I'm somewhat removed from the athletes in a way. Um, I see them a lot more at the games and I'm able to chat with them. But, um, you know, they're there to compete and they're there with their teams. And, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, I like I like being there and cheering them on, but I try. I, it's their time, right? It's their space. I try not to really, uh, um, you know, force my way into any conversations in that sense. Um, and so I think for me it was more hearing about you know some sports that you know some readjusted their ages and some didn't. And I can't even remember which ones at this stage because some gave you know you were able to still go and and so on. Um, but yeah, there were stories that I've heard of some athletes, unfortunately, not being able to go because of the age. And um, it is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's also it's also a conversation that you kind of hear all the time around games anyway. 
in the sense that games are only every four years, right? And so if you're that kid that's born at the end of that four years, you've got to be pretty good to be able to to beat all those other kids that are three years, you know, one, two, and three years older than you. So age has... Age is always part of the conversation around games. And, um, uh, you know, if they were held every two years or every year, then it wouldn't be an issue, but but they are. And I mean, I don't think we could function if they were hosted every two years. Well, yeah, just, yeah, it'd be so much to manage. Um, but I think the important piece is that, you know, games needs to, it's part of the that process in their sporting you know, and depending on the athlete, depending on the sport, for some, Canada Games is seen as that end goal, and they're not going to do anything after, right? Um, Whereas, for some, it's a stepping stone, and it depends where you are, and what objective, what goal they have in sport. Um, So if it's seen as a stepping stone, for some of them, it's like, okay, well, that that window closed, well, what's the next path I'm going to take? Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 So it, it kind of depends. I think it's probably very sport dependent and, and even, you know, individually for, for those athletes, but yeah, for sure. Games had a, you know, a negative impact when it comes to those athletes that, you know, whether age wise or just commitment wise, just said, you know, I can't, I can't go anymore or I just can't commit anymore. Right. So it, we certainly lost some that way. Absolutely. I mean, we, and we see it in um, community sport as well, you know, like, I mean, a lot of, a lot yeah. of smaller programs that were uh, kind of standing up on one leg. Uh, it, it took them out. You know, I mean, I look at, uh, I mean, I only personal example, I can give you speed skating. So up here, I mean, speed skating, there was that one age group that my son's going into soon. There's no kids, you know, we got to, and we got to yeah. recruit again and re restructure. Yeah. And let's get it going. And I, I mean, we're seeing it now we're seeing, some sport really just picked up win, you know, because um, it also, you know, uh, I guess on a positive side, COVID uh, made people move more, obviously, you know, we, we're seeing it now. I mean, we're seeing the mountain biking and the hiking yeah. and, running and all that, like we talked about individual sport. Individual started, sport, it's exactly. Yeah. And people started being active families, asking mm-hmm. for seeing that within my, you know, 20 kilometers of community, oh, I've got some pretty good playground here. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they're, you know, they're doing things that maybe they never would have because they were like, you know, tunnel vision and we're just going yeah. for that prize kind of thing. Um, I'll ask you like, a, I guess, a question within a question. Within a question. Okay. So you obviously, and it might be hard to answer because there's probably tons of games moments that you loved and tons of game moments that you probably never want to live again. What would be that best games moment that actually even offered you maybe a lesson or like something you maybe applied later is like that really, you know, you know, I, I guess, uh, stayed with me and, uh, it comes back all the time kind of thing. Is there, is there one in particular? Yeah. You know what? I get to ask that question, uh, almost every year when I was uh chef uh, by the media at the end of the games and even within one games, I can never just identify one, moment there there are a lot um you know i i think of 2017 when my daughter was working actually with coach nb at that year and and actually came out to the games 
Um, so having her there with me, you know, when I think back at her first games were in 2003 and then seeing her mom, you know, go to games all these years. So that was pretty special to have her there for a few days. Um, that's sort of more on a, on a personal side. And then I, I think that the ones that always get me is um, I love sitting in the stands with family members, parents of the kids competing, of the, the athletes, yeah. and being able to experience that, that you know, joy uh, with them when they, when they win and even when they don't, right? Like just seeing those emotions with them and, and living that with them is those are those are moments I remember. You know, I remember when our um, women's volleyball team won bronze in. Yeah, yeah. Where were we? Regina. I can't even remember what games it was. Okay. Uh, um, you know, and and that was pretty special. And and because I knew some of the parents, you know, outside of sport as well. Um, so you know that was a pretty cool vibe, especially winning against Ontario. So that that ruffled some feathers there. So that was pretty awesome, um, you know, being it with with Jesse's mom, watching him uh, swim and win all those medals uh, back in in Niagara. And so yeah, just just different ones. Um, you know, I think of Christelle as well, who's been an athlete, alpine skier and a track athlete, and now you know competes mostly or just in, in track. Um, and I coached Christelle in Alpine skiing. So those little connections were, you know, yeah, there's, there's lots of those special memories, you know, uh, I, one of my best friends seeing her, her partner's daughter at the games. And every time I saw her, you know, okay, we got to send a selfie to, to dad so that he knows you're doing okay. And, you know, her going along with it, probably thinking, Oh my God, you know, are you really making me do this again? So you know, just those are those are fun times. And, um, you know, you've been on the mission staff uh, before and lots of memories just hanging out with the mission staff and and being goofy and having fun with them. And because um, they're long hours and long days and some days are better than others. And but getting through to through all of that together. Um, yeah, lots of memories there for sure. Well, it's funny you say that because, like, you know, I was going to ask you the question of a memory like a mission staff memory. And I, I have yeah. one. I never <laughs> seen your face when we were painted and went to that dodgeball tournament. Yeah. And I've yeah. got to that. And like, I, I, it's my first game. So, so I'm getting yeah. used to being on a mission staff. It's totally different. You're like, ID. I'm meeting new people. And like, I'm like, this is for real. Like, you know, Chris, better me. Len is ready to go. You got Marcel, like we're going for real. And you show up, you're like, you guys are for real, right? So yeah, we're winning. <laughs> I end up on the court and Manuel is on the side and he's like, Bruce, you got this. And I took down, I think it was Quebec, three guys from Quebec. And then we got like totally obliterated by Ontario. I'll never forget being in that dome and just. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun night. Yeah. The beyond sport moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I think sometimes that's. Un until you've done that, like I've got. And. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what it's all about. Eh? Like that, you know, I'm not going to bring up the medal conversation. I, I could with yeah. South for sure. Cause everybody gets a medal, right? But no one can take away that experience off the mm -hmm. court in the bus, Absolutely. you Absolutely. know? And uh, I almost got tears. Cause when we get back to those moments that we have less of now, like, you know, we're not on the team bus anymore. Mm -hmm. um, we're booking hotels separately and stuff like that at games. Well, 
you're together. Yeah. And when you're an onlooker and you're just quiet, like he's saying, you're, you're maybe up in the corner in whatever stadium. And there you are looking down at like mom and dad and you're, you're living that moment through them. It's pretty mm -hmm. awesome to see the beyond sport moment yeah. that they're taking home right there. And the impact of that happens maybe four years from now. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Yeah. Those, those friendships, right. I was, you know, my, my sport family or my ski family or my games family, like we, those are, it's just part of the conversation. And, and I think for me, when I look back at the last four games, um, I think, you know, how lucky I was because we were the same assistant chefs and, and chefs. We, we were, it, it was the same trio, you know, and, um, and so Christine certainly coming on, uh, you know, maybe a little less in Winnipeg or coming on later, I should say. Um, but the three of us working through those games together and, you know, the conversations and the, you know, everything, those, those are great. You know, they're people that I will forever remember right like that the impact they've had on me and and um yeah so they're they're great opportunities great memories yeah for sure absolutely and and, and it brings me into uh where i want to go with this a bit i mean obviously you know there, there's your family there's dave there's taylor you know there's i don't know the horses are part of the family as well but i imagine they are at some level because animals are a little a little less these days <laughs> obviously yes but uh you've got games friends so yeah. beyond your mission staff, I mean, I've seen it, Nicole. I've seen you walk around. I've seen you be busy. I've seen you make the connections. We have also people that are in other provinces, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, that that are that are part of Ontario. You know, we we have Sherry. You know, um, and I'm sure it probably goes even deeper for you because you've been involved with games for so long. So, who do you go back and visit? Do you ever travel? Do you ever do you ever stay in connection with certain people that you know? that you stayed attached, you know, through games? Yeah, there, there are certain people I, well, I haven't had a chance, I guess, necessarily to travel to go see them um, at this stage, but um, yeah, there are people we, uh, you know, I definitely stay in touch with a little bit more, um, whether it's, you know, through social media and that kind of thing. And, and uh, yeah, sometimes there's, you know, I think of Trevor out of, out of the Yukon who I knew when I was with sport New Brunswick, um, you know, which feels like my, in, in my other life, as I tell people, and uh, you know, we, we always try and get together for an ice cream at each, at each game it just became our thing. And, and uh, so, yeah, there are people that, that, that have, you have that connection with and um, you know, hopefully I'll stay in touch with them for a long time. And obviously, like, you know, one thing, like, and you just mentioned it, you know, you, you take time to have that ice cream, but, you know, when we're at games, mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of time. Like, somebody says, well, how was Niagara? I was like, well, I don't know. I was busy going from venue to venue. <laughs> uh, how do you do it? Like, you know, is there is there, is there one place more than another that you went, you're like, I got to get back there some year because I want mm -hmm. to experience it more, you know, like UConn. Mm -hmm. I mean, for myself, I remember going to Winnipeg and being like, why am I in Winnipeg other than games? Mm -hmm. but I'm sure there's probably some place that you're like, Oh, well, I want to, I want to get back there, you know, bucket list item. I want to get back there and not be there for games, but be there for something else. I mean, you ski, you hike, mm -hmm. yeah, you and Dave got your, your van. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. Of yours. Um, yeah. How would you answer that? I guess. Uh, yeah. But, you know, areas, you mentioned the Yukon, that one will 
for, you know, forever, I think, stay etched in my mind. That was, those were winter games. Um, and so it, it was cold. Like, I don't think I've ever experienced. <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they're, and it's not somewhere I'm going to probably get to, I may never get to it again. I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, some are more, you know, it's a big city, it's a big city or, or that kind of thing. Um, oftentimes it's probably more the people that will bring me back than the actual spot. Right. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. Well, I don't know, but Yukon definitely stands out. I think of, you know, this coming or 2025 20, being in St. John's, that's, that's one that, you know, I'm hoping to get to, I don't know in what capacity, um, but uh, that would certainly be, uh, I think, some pretty, pretty amazing games as well. Awesome. Love it. Yeah, UConn. That's uh, that's a spot I wouldn't mind going to. Not yeah, for, it was pretty awesome. I, I'd want to go there. If I'm going to UConn, I'm going there to, <laughs> to visit and hike and everything. Um, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into a little bit of a financial side of, uh, of games and sport, and uh, it's, it's quite a conversation at a table, um, depending on the province you're from, obviously. Uh, cost versus profit, uh, legacy versus community. Uh, you know the, the 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 Canada games compared to the Frank Pony games. Um, a bunch of us had a conversation tonight. The you know, and again, you could have anybody can have their subjective opinion on missing the bus of uh, having the uh, les jeux internationaux de la francophonie. See, because uh, you know a lot of times it's education, right? So we're not educated on what. Um, something like that can bring to a community, bring to a province, then it's a, it's a hard sell. Um, do you feel that, I guess, the Canada Games movement has um, profitable gains for more than people just in sport if it's done the right way? You know, and, and, and again, we look at legacy buildings that are created, mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. movements, um, is it worth the tax? Like I'm getting into some some political stuff, but like, is it worth the taxpayers' dollars for yeah. for what's left behind? Obviously, I'm biased. You know, I believe in sport, and so if you don't, I'm sure you could you can talk about how it how it has uh it you know it has a negative impact. But I would you know I look at um you know just the recent games in PEI, a couple of the venues that were either. Uh, modified, upgraded, uh, new venues, like these unbelievable venues that the community is then going to be able to take advantage of, right? Um, so, you know, hopefully they've got great plans in place to be able to, you know, keep them going because, you know, you, there is a strategic piece of that, that financially there there is a dollar figure to all this um, for sure. Um, but, you know, I think it goes beyond, and, and I mean, PEI really blew us away on their whole the the volunteers were just phenomenal so there's there's certainly a money component to games people were eating out we were buying stuff so you know i hope financially that they benefited and there's people you know way smarter than i am when it comes to that stuff that are you know doing research and they can tell you if, if they benefited or not money wise but i think that that sense of community and that uh, involvement from the Islanders 
you know, they, they kept telling us they wanted us to feel like an Islander and you felt like an Islander. I mean, every, you turned around and there was a volunteer there. Like it was, it was unbelievable. Um, The welcoming, you know, that, that we felt. And I mean, you know, you, you expect it. We're, we're Maritimers as well. And it's, you know, we're known for our hospitality and all that, all that cliche stuff. But um, even us coming from New Brunswick, like we were, you know, it was, it was pretty impressive um, to see that, that open arms kind of feeling then, and uh, that they gave us, like, you never felt like you were imposing or they were just happy to have us there. Right. We saw people from all walks of life be involved and, and that was, it was pretty special. But did you see Anne of Green Gables helping you? Mm, well, yes, she was at the opening ceremony. So. <laughs> she was there. She was there. Yeah, yeah it, it's, uh, it's something else. I mean, I, I don't have a, you know, a long list of experience of going to like, you know, the smaller communities and living a games experience. But like in the Jeux de l'Acadie, we've seen it more in the past, which was always fun. Mm-hmm. Like getting volunteers for the smaller community, uh, it's not too hard the pride is there, you know, and they just, they yeah. want to come out and sell you the place. So, yeah. so tourism impact, no doubt. I mean, already the, the island's got, you know, quite a good uh, tourism, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I guess, uh, presentation. It probably just yeah. helped them a lot more and, mm-hmm. and on a winter side now. So yeah, I was going to say on the winter side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they did well. I mean, like, you know, I, I kind of kept my eye on certain uh, sports that I uh, was like, Oh, how are they going to pull that off? You know, like cross country skiing and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, but they did it, you know, and all the feedback I got, I mean, I kept in touch with Selsh and some other people and they, they kept saying, you know, like the volunteers, everybody talking about the volunteers yeah. <laughs> and had a conversation actually just yesterday. And they said in Ontario, it wasn't the same thing. Like there's volunteers that didn't know much and there's people that would meet you guys in a restaurant. There's like, Oh, the games, <laughs> they didn't know the games were even going on. Right. Bigger, bigger community. Um, and closer to COVID, COVID really had a major impact on the volunteers in Niagara. Um, they struggled a little bit, you know, recruiting, they didn't have the numbers they wanted. Um, and in some cases, you know, I know on the tech side, when they were trying to video, uh, events and so on, I know they got hit hard a couple of times with people just getting sick with COVID and having to isolate and all that stuff. So, yeah, they, they had an extra an extra layer to deal with, unfortunately, when it comes to uh, when it came to volunteering. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, it's hard to run games when you don't have your volunteers because your venue yeah. is solid, obviously. Um, we're we're going to slowly wrap up, but uh, got a couple of interesting questions to throw your way. Um, and, and I could ask this anyway. I could I could say what's something we don't know about Nicole or also I could say uh, what is not Nicole? answer it how you would like <laughs> uh well something that some people are starting to know but uh, i'm going to be a grandmama soon so i think that's a big uh that's a big piece for me uh part of my life these days and just being excited about that and and uh you know you, you talk about your kids and my mine is getting a little older she got married last year and now they're expecting their first baby and so um, you know, that's kind of, I guess the next stage of my life is being a grandmama and, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, uh, you talk and thinking about sport, I'm starting to think of it as, you know, all that I'm going to experience now with sport as a, as a grandparent. And, uh, that's pretty exciting to think about. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I got to meet Taylor, I think, I don't know if I met her prior to 
Winnipeg, but uh, yeah, 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 it was fun. The the this like I mean I you know I was just a young dad then I guess I'm still a young dad now. Yeah. I was still young then and <laughs> oof, you know kind of brings a little tear to my eye. But I remember getting back to Bathurst uh, on the plane and and the boys against the fence. You know they were young. I got that picture and I look mm-hmm. at the time. You know the 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 pride. There's a, so the proud eyes. You know seeing you know and I can only imagine what it's gonna be like to you know yeah a grandmother uh, i obviously don't want to be a grandfather anytime soon but <laughs> uh, my grandparents or sorry sorry the kids grandparents and uh i do not take away any of those opportunistic moments that they can they can live with the boys mm-hmm. and it's yeah. fun to sit there and drink my coffee and just watch them be grandma and grandpa like it's it's yeah it's pretty wicked and and like it's funny because like jazz uh jazz loved to catch and uh, so we 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 don't play baseball. We catch the ball. And I always tell Jazz, it reminds me, me and dad, just being mm-hmm. in the field and just throwing that ball. And that's all yeah. they want. That's all they need, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. pretty awesome. Um, so I, I like to borrow ideas from other podcasts. <laughs> so there's, there's a podcast I listen to, there's a thing called The Final Five. But okay. I'm going to do what we call the, uh, the Final Three, I guess I'll call it. <laughs> and... Um, it could be one sentence or less uh, that you answer this with, or, or just however you feel, whatever comes to you first. So best advice you ever received. Mm-hmm. Do what you love. Got it. Like it. That's good. Worst advice you ever received. <laughs> Worst advice. <laughs> Not an easy I one. Can't, I can't think of anything right now. It's my 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 glasses half full kind of outlook. I can't think of anything. All good, no worries. Uh, and then the final one of the three is: uh, if there was one rule that everyone had to follow, what would it be? Do what you love. <laughs> I yeah. think, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, and 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 that's something maybe we we don't do enough. Like, you know, we, we, we think about what others think of us and image and judgment and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But like when we're in that moment that we're doing something we love, whether like, you know, like you said a while ago, if we go back to the beginning, mm-hmm. gratitude to do the things you love and yeah. you're paid for it, you know? Yeah. Um, I see a movement now where a lot more people are doing that. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I school, uh, you know, officially ended for, for us as teachers on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, I was there yesterday and, and today and um, probably go back here in a little bit. And people, you know, the I don't know if it's because I didn't grow up, I'll call it, uh, being a teacher all my life. And maybe I just can't adapt to having a couple of weeks off. But I'm not there because I have to be, but I'm there because I want to be right. I just, I love working and I, you know, whether some people might call me workaholic, but, but I'm, you know, I will take a break and, and it's important that there is some downtime in life. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, there are days that are harder than others for sure, but I still love getting up and going to work. So I think that's, that's important in life. I, well, I heard a good line lately, Nicole, that, that I'm using an awful lot lately. I'm almost abusing it. <laughs> it really going to matter in five years from now yeah you know and and, and sometimes you pause and you think about that and the way we handle situations like you know like something becomes mm-hmm. a fire without it being a fire you know and things mm-hmm. like that and a lot more people are doing that covid might have 
really shook us up, but I think it, yeah. it, uh, it had, a, it, the, the impact now that we're seeing is, is pretty good. I think, you know, in my, in my eyes. Um, and now we're going to, we're going to do the lightning round. So the lightning round, basically I have 10 questions and it's going to be like, you know, Ooh. winter or summer games or, or whichever. All right. But you're only competing against one person so far, which is Andre Lachance. So, uh, <laughs> and so even I though I come from the sport world, I'm not a very competitive person. So I don't know about this. No, we know. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to start out and, uh, yeah, you're just going to basically answer the question as is with, uh, okay. no heads up other than that. Okay. Number one, winter or summer games? Winter. Team or individual? Individual. Indoor or outdoor sport? Outdoor. Opening or closing ceremonies? Opening. Offense or defense? No idea. Early bird <laughs> or late sleeper? Early bird. Okay, here's a funny one. Crepes or waffles? <laughs> As long as they're gluten-free, I'll eat either one. <laughs> we didn't talk about the food thing, but we, we could have. <laughs> Cinema or Netflix? Netflix. Water sport or land? Ooh, water. Oh, and salt or sweet? Sweet. Sweet. She's got a sweet tooth. There oh, yeah. we go. Look at that. Awesome. <laughs> I can eventually make it a competition, but for now I just... <laughs> <laughs> I have a podcast, so let's do it. He is like a like a competition yeah. and it gets pretty wild. Um, Nicole, just a big thank you. Thank you for uh, opening up to us, uh, telling us your story. Uh, and I, I'm sure that uh, we, we could talk about games for days and <laughs> I'm sure we could talk about things going on in the hallways at, at school for days. And uh, um, I know you've had an impact on me. Uh, I, I do appreciate the, the time I spent with you at games. Uh, We've had some situations actually that have helped me be a pretty awesome dad and um, helped with the uh, the maturity that I now have. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. And thanks for being on the podcast. Um, any final words? Uh, well, thank you for those kind words. And uh, no, thanks, you know, for, for letting me share a part of my life, my sport life that I, I certainly, uh, appreciate and love and and look back on with fond memories and i think my my next phase will be you know be different with with the as a grandmother and and seeing my daughter experience it with with her child right so i'm looking forward to that next part so 2020 november yeah. <laughs> i don't know i haven't figured out listen she'll do what she, the the little one will do what they want whatever it doesn't matter right, right. And games-wise, <laughs> games the chapter continues, or uh, who knows? Don't know at this stage. So we'll we'll wait and see. I think involved at, in some way, even if it's just as a spectator, right? So I think um, um, it has a special spot in my heart, and uh, will always will. So we'll we'll see what role it it'll be. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks to our listeners uh, for uh, listening to Mike Up at Twenty Micro. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Twitter and Facebook and me underscore coach underscore can be until next time just be and uh, don't forget to uh, look forward to opportunities beyond sport.